This podcast is brought to you by the Hitched Wine Club. The holidays are just around the corner, and with a couple of clicks, Hitched has made it easy to check an item off your list. Whether you're hosting holiday meals or visiting friends and family, joining the Hitched Wine Club takes the hassle out of finding that perfect bottle. When the holiday dust settles, you and your spouse will continue to get great wine along with date ideas and much more. Gift memberships and baskets also make a perfect gift. Take advantage of this great opportunity by visiting hitchedmag.com. You really want to know what love is? Yeah. Yes, tell us. More than anything in the world, Ron. Well, it's really quite simple. When you're married, you'll understand the importance of fresh produce. Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined with the lovely Dr. Trina Reed. Hi, Trina. Oh, I like that you call me lovely, Steve. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, Trina, it's been a while, uh, but I don't think anybody could forget you. Uh, Trina has a doctorate in human sexuality, uh, is also an international speaker, and offers some really fantastic uh, information on her website's bestsextipsever.com you can also get more at her website trinareed.com and uh, I think I'm breaking news here uh, but she is about to launch a brand new gorgeous website called vivaxo.com yes it's yes it's 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 coming coming soon so this yeah this is a podcast which means it's going to stay up forever so uh, if if you're checking this out the next day uh, <clears throat> excuse me, after it posts, uh, you know, wait a week. If you're coming back uh, at a later date, it's probably a humongous success already. So, <laughs> uh, so Trina, we are, we're going to talk about a, a new study that came out that really looked to see – it, it was a study on attraction uh, between opposite sex um, individuals. And the study – well, the, there was a research paper, and it was actually two different studies. The first study uh, was of these um, students, college students, and they were asked to bring in um, an opposite-sex friend. Uh, they came in, and they asked them a bunch of questions, but the, the nuts and bolts of it was, uh, are you attracted to this person, um, and do you think they're attracted to you? And overwhelmingly, the men said, yeah, I'm attracted to my friend. And by the way, I should uh, stipulate that the the there was never a romantic relationship between these friends in the past. Uh, they were told not to tell uh, their friend, uh, either of them, men and women, they were told not to tell the other person uh, what the questions or responses were or even talk about the the study that they had just participated in so that way they would be more open to talk about the attraction they may have have had (laughs) uh with their friends so uh men were overwhelmingly attracted to their uh, female friends uh female friends less likely um and what i thought was really funny trina was uh, men, if they had an attraction for the for their female friend, they just assumed uh, an overwhelming majority assumed that they their friend was also attracted to them, uh, which I found hilarious. 
Well, no, but it's also insightful because, you know, if, if the majority of men were feeling this way, then it must just be something that men just assume. Yeah. And, and maybe that's part of the problem, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, 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 the second study uh, was with a little bit older demographic. Um, well, much older demographic, actually. So it started from the college age um, and then went all the way up into people in their 50s and 60s, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the first study, it, it had about 33% were in relationships. The second study um, – and, and by the way, that first study, it didn't – the, those who were in committed relationships, it did not ask if they were married or not. The second one, it actually did ask, and there was um, a great number of married couples in the second study. And in the second study, uh, it it the first the the level of attraction uh, was less for married couples. Um, and one of the things I should mention too is in the first study, they did ask a question: Would you? Um, would you be willing to, to ask this person on a romantic date? Um, and the, 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 the men, uh, a, a good percentage of them said yes. Um, now, in the second one where there were married people involved, the, the re- answer to that question really was dependent upon are, are the men happy in their marriage? If they were unhappy, then there was a much greater likelihood of them um, saying, yes, I would consider uh, going out on a date with them. Now, there's been a whole bunch of media out there that has been talking about uh, this, uh, this new paper that came out and really asking the question of can opposite sex, be, uh, opposite sex uh, people be friends? Um, but there are some really gaping holes in this research because they didn't ask, uh, at least it wasn't in the paper, uh, about, well, if you're happily married, how does that affect things? It was just, well, if you're unhappy, you were willing to, to take that leap. Um, so do you want to do you want to give a, a way in and give a first impression? I feel like I've been <laughs> talking too much on this one. No, already. not at all. I, I I'm I'm really glad you did it. You did a really good job uh, summarizing the study, and I just think there hasn't been a lot of studies done on this. Can men and women just be friends? Because it's just simply so complicated. There are so many variables going on that to try and actually put a study together. So although you're right, Steve, this is not a perfect study and there are a lot of gaping holes, it it, it at least tried to discover whether men and women could be friends. So like kudos to the the researchers trying to make that discovery. And you know, we all have to start somewhere. But I agree with you that that you know, we we come back to the old and tired um ideas that just are perpetuated and one of which that just makes me crazy is that you know men are nothing more than neanderthals and they cannot control their primal impulses and they just want to have you know no matter who they run into they just want to have sex now i'm i'm sure steve there are men out there that are like that but i would say the majority of men they really understand that there's a line between you know, being attracted to somebody and acting on that impulse. Those are two very different things. And so I just, I just, when, when we see a study like this, the media automatically picks up that, oh, men just want to have sex with all the women, whether you're friends or not. And, you know, and I don't, and I don't think that's giving credit to the majority of men who, who wouldn't, who wouldn't act on that impulse. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you, 
brought up the fact that the the researchers did do a good job in their trying because you know the holes they actually it, when you read the study they they admit to the holes that are there um and and so it's not really on them uh where all these uh connecting of the dots is taking place it's taking place outside of the research so they they understood where their study what it was about and and where there more more research needed to be done uh but but you're right um when i read this i i thought it was pretty funny because i immediately started seeing things like you know men can't control themselves and men uh you know just automatically assume every woman is an option and and things like that and it, it it's totally ridiculous uh to make those assumptions and we actually had a, a bit of communication right after this study happened where um we were talking about this study and and one of my, the, one of the points i made was well these people that uh, were participants in the study their friends and the the men had this attraction the whole time like this wasn't a new revelation for the men Yet they had no problem being friends uh, with their their opposite sex uh, person they brought in with the study. But yeah, and and also to add to that, a friend of mine, she's she's single and she's a, a big ski person, and and so she has found a lot of men on the dating site Plenty of Fish who also like to ski. So she's you know met up with them, they've skied together on on a date, and she decided that. You know, she wasn't attracted to him that way, but she really loved skiing with him. Like they had this passion for skiing, and and so she she goes out with these different men on ski dates, but she is in no way wanting to have sex with them. And and but I said to her, but do they want to have sex with you? And and she said, oh yeah, of course they want to have sex with me. Very matter of factly. And I said, well, doesn't that bother you? And she said, no, because I've I've told them that I'm not interested in them that way. Um, and it's just something, and I said, well, how do you deal with it? And she says, well, it's, it's kind of just like background noise. It's there. And I, so I do think that Steve, that there is like, you know, especially when we're single, there is this dynamic of, you know, the, the you know, men probably do want to have sex with you. Not always, but, but, you know, the women understand this. I think it's just something I, I can't explain it as something that is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, both sexes have just come to accept because my, my friend was just like, and I, and I know I also have been in that situation and it's just one of, it's just one of those things when you're single. However, I do think that dynamic does change once you become partnered with somebody. So, uh, well, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, how does the dynamic change? Um, particularly if you have, um, you know, I got female friends who I have known literally since uh, before kindergarten. Um, how, how do how do things change uh, once you become well in a long term relationship or, or married? Well, I, I I think there's a lot of things going on, but. I'll just take my own, for instance, my own life, for instance. So when I was single, I had a lot of friends and I was out and I was, you know, you know, 
friends with a lot of different social groups. And then when I partnered with my husband, we just gradually, uh, it, there was his fr- set of friends and my set of friends, and we all were s- friends. And just as our lives have progressed, especially now that we're parents, our friends our friends have really narrowed. So we don't have as many people in our friend group, and we don't hang out with as many people as we used to. Uh, and so, and the, and, the, and the people that I do hang out with now tend to be other parents that's just the that's just the fact of life usually when you have kids so now when you know if we have our friends over we, like I, I'm absolutely cool and and my my husband is absolutely cool with us being you know friendly with the opposite sex partners because we all know each other and and um, there's that level of trust however I do think this dynamic can change when you go into a situation where you're at let's say we're at not, not that this is us but I think this is very common where you go into a, a like a house party or a bigger party and if you would see your partner across the the room just chatting with somebody you don't know and they're laughing and maybe innocently touching the person on the arm or just doing that kind of sudden it's it's a friendly gesture uh-huh. uh but it's it's it might be seen as something that is you know oh my gosh they're attracted to this person i don't know who this person is i don't know what their motives are and so i think w- what happens when we go into our long term relationship one of the things that happens is our our group of the people that we associate with becomes less as the function because of the function of our life and when we we get into the new people new friends situation like we were when we were single Maybe we're just not used to it, or we're you know, it, it, but it it does change, and so I think it, there it, when you're in your longer term relationship, there is a propensity not to have as many opposite sex friends, and and I don't know how that happens, Steve. I've just in my own observation and just anecdotal evidence that this is generally what tends to happen. I have I have a theory on this, by the way. Oh, let's hear your theory. Okay, my theory on this is. Uh, when you're, so you mentioned that, um, your social circle of friends now, uh, tends to lean more, uh, parents, right? Yeah. Uh, when you're younger, you're, uh, forced to be in these, um, dynamics where you're working, uh, socializing with opposite sex friends and part, partly is like society has built that into the system uh, for uh, dating and mating purposes um, and, and then as you get older those dynamics change obviously um, and so you know when you're in high school college whatever you're in all these classes and then after after school is out you're you're doing things as groups of friends with all these opposite sex but it's not usually like one-on-ones it's usually big groups yeah um and then as you grow older those big groups start to whittle down uh because other people have i mean people have all sorts of things going on in their lives uh, you know kids and work and all sorts of stuff and so then as you get older and you, and you begin to get these more, I'll just call them ma- mature um, social circles of, of, of parents and stuff, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's less likely, you know, it's more likely that you'll have a group of friends in high school going to, uh, you know, after the football game or something to some, some event or some party, whereas uh, as, you're, as an adult, it's less likely that after the, the parenting get-together in the park, you're going to go do something together. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly it. And yeah, and you don't do the you don't do the social functions, the you know the drinks after the football game unless you want to take your screaming child with you. You know, and it yeah. just does. It just doesn't work. <laughs> um. So, uh, you brought. I mean, we so we brought up the fact that um, as, as you get married, um, as you get older, uh, you do have fewer opposite sex friends. Um, and one of the things that I mentioned in the beginning about the study was that when you're unhappy in marriage, uh, those were the people who said, yeah, I might, I might consider asking this person out. The thing that's interesting to me, and you brought this up as well, um, is there's a big difference in this whole thing about having an attraction and actually taking action on that attraction. And that's one of the things this research never did was it never asked the the participants in the study, uh, would you leave your spouse uh, to act on this attraction? Would you would you uh, cheat on your spouse to act on this attraction? It was never blunt like that. It just said, you know, do you have an attraction to this person? Type questions, um, and so I guess I don't know. Uh, uh, there has in there, there's tons of research about hap- happily married couples and how it's all all fine and dandy. Uh, but I do think this is one of those um, examples of why it's so important to work on maintaining a happy uh, relationship because we now have new research out that shows um, when you're unhappy in marriage, uh, you are you know maybe a little more likely to. Um, at least say that you you would act on an attraction, whereas um, if you're happy, you might not. Yeah, and you know what? I do. I I really do believe that our partner cannot be everything to us, and should not be everything to us. And I know you agree with me on this, Steve. Oh, yep. And I think that if we can allow our partner to have friends of the opposite sex, it's just going to, you know, help them be happier and and be a more fulfilled human being. And that said, you know, when we, when we allow our partner to be friends with somebody of the opposite sex, there, there needs to be a higher level of maturity and self-esteem with, with everybody involved. And not only that, but it's about, you know, communicating what the boundaries are. And I know you and I have talked about boundaries an awful lot. So, so for example, um, like we need to, first of all, trust our partner that, that when if when they go out with this person, we know that they're going to be fine. And I think most couples, in theory, want our partners to be happy. But when it comes to the actual, they go out that those kind of insecurities start popping up. And we really just need to discuss what the the boundaries are. So, for example, if you're out of town and your spouse wants to go out with their opposite sex friend, is that okay? Can 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 they go out for dinner? Or how much time on a monthly basis should they be spending together? And this might seem tedious to discuss, but once you get these things out in the open, it just becomes a lot easier for both people to understand what they should be doing. And And the thing is, we something that you said to me, Steve, and I agree with this. You need to know for yourself what your ability to have good boundaries are. So if you maybe if you're a man, and I don't want to generalize, but if you are a man and you know that if you have an opposite sex friend, that you might walk down that path of you know maybe wanting to have relations with them, then maybe that's not a good idea for you. So you have to you have to know what your own boundaries are. Mm-hmm. But I think um, 
when we do start talking about this with our partner and we can let them have that, it's it really is going to add a, a wonderful dynamic to your relationship. And what it's really saying is, I trust my partner so much. I respect them so much that they can have whatever friends they want to have. And, and, and we as a relationship are all the better for it. And we've We've discussed this in the past about flirting, and you and you brought up that scenario of looking across the room at a, at a you know event and seeing your spouse chumming it up with somebody of the opposite sex. Um, you want to let's bring up that topic really quick about um, how flirting can actually benefit your marriage, um, just in case somebody hasn't heard the previous yeah. podcast that we talked about that. Yeah, well, I think some people feel threatened about their partner having an op- opposite sex friend because they feel that it you know it that can easily turn into flirting and flirting can easily turn into something else and i think uh, you know flirting for me is is uh, window shopping for those in a committed relationship. So, you know, you can go, you can look, nothing happens. But when you allow yourself to flirt within your relationship and flirt with other people, that's going to bring a really fantastic dynamic home. I, in fact, I was talking with this with some of the mummies on the playground about flirting. And, and one of the mummies said, you know, I was at a can, I was at the store and this clerk flirted with me and I felt so good about myself. And I took that home to my husband, you know, so, so this is usually what happens when we are allowed to flirt is we have these really nice interactions that make us feel really good about ourselves. And then we take that home to our partnership and that, and that benefits fits our partnership. So I think if you are of that feeling that, you know, I can't, I'm not really, I'm not really, I don't feel good about letting my partner be friends with the opposite sex because there might be some flirting involved or I see my partner across the room laughing with somebody of the opposite sex and that really makes me feel insecure. This is something to think about and in in terms of, well, what can it add to your relationship? Because I really do feel when we can trust our partner enough to allow that dynamic to happen, it is only going to benefit you as a partner. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're totally right because, I, I mean, I think we all have friends who we know are kind of flirtatious uh, more than others. And, uh, you know, you might have friends that you're like, oh, my husband – or wife can't hang out with this person because they're just going to flirt them up and down. Um, but you know, if that makes them feel good and you, and you have that trust, uh, you know, it might not be such a bad thing. Um, you know, one of the things that you talked about too, um, I can't remember if you mentioned it here offline, you about how this is, this really comes down to, um, an individual thing, uh, in terms of like flirting, where uh, you have to know uh, what works in your relationship. You have to know what what the dynamic is. Um, you know, maybe maybe if you there's a history of infidelity or something, <laughs> you might not be as open to uh, public flirting. Uh, you, you know, even if you've you've gone over that threshold and uh, you you've mended all the wounds, there might still be some. Uh, maybe societal things like I can't believe uh, they had this happen and now there's you know this open flirting going on or something I don't I don't know what do you, what do you think of something like that well all I know Steve is 
in what in what I do, I've I've talked about many controversial topics. I've talked about bestiality. I've talked about open polyamorous relationships. I've talked about fetishes. And you know, of the top three contentious issues that I have talked about, where I get the most feedback from people, it is flirting. Couples just think like like you start talking about flirting outside your relationship, and uh, couples just get wiggy about it. So. I, I think that if you know that you are that couple who is not comfortable with that dynamic, then you shouldn't go there, you know, but just know that you're cutting yourself off of something that could benefit your long-term relationship. So, but, but I, but I do, but I do understand, like, I just, I just know from experience that, uh, you know, at least half, if not more of, of couples just really do not invite that dynamic into their relationship for, for whatever reason. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, getting back to the, to the study and the research, um, I, I mentioned this, that men had, at least the single men, uh, had a overwhelming attraction. Well, men in general had an overwhelming attraction to the women, um, and it wasn't reciprocal. Uh, why? Why do you think that might be? I just, I, 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 I oh, I don't want to say it, but Are men it's just it, uglier. It, no, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do, I do, mug, I do so. think it comes down with to the biological. Uh, men are predisposed to want to spread their seed to as many females as possible, and women have to be the gatekeeper of sex because they only produce one egg a month, and they are usually responsible for the offspring that come up. So women have to really be have to be discretionary with who they choose. And I did, and you know, even though I don't want to go to that level, I do think there is something to be said with that. Where as you know, men men are going to see an opportunity and they're going to take the opportunity, whereas women are like, you know what, I might get pregnant from this, so I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just not going to say no thanks. And I. And I think it's interesting this whole like evolutionary biology aspect of it because I feel like that was ignored in the study about um, yeah men are attracted to women um, uh, particularly in the single study uh, they were willing to act on that attraction if the opportunity presented itself uh, but it never really addressed the issue of it takes two to tango here uh, so even if men have this attraction towards a woman uh, you know they hadn't asked this person out even though they had this attraction and the question was never asked why and I think um, you know that's that's one of the big big things in, in terms of like uh, evolution of they understand you know, you know, before you used to club them over the head and drag them into your cave, but now it's <laughs> it's got to be a mutual agreement here. Yeah. And so, um, one of the things with the study, it talked about the costs and the benefits of having an opposite sex uh, attraction, or I'm sorry, opposite sex friends. And I think a big aspect of this is uh, most men, um, at least by their actions. Uh, well, at first, most men and women both saw that there were more – they could list more benefits to their opposite sex relationship, friendship, than they could ben- – uh, uh, they, they could list more benefits than costs. Um, and the biggest cost that they had was that it would make their spouse jealous. Um, that was in the uh, past one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's uh, interesting that – you know, men weren't acting on this attraction. And I think part of it is because they recognized that this the relationship dynamic was more important as a friendship than it would be as a romantic uh, um, 
uh, I don't know, relationship. So I, I think that's an important aspect of this whole thing. Absolutely. And I think, like, just to get, just to bring us back to where we started, Steve, I think men are not given enough credit to, you know, how they treat women and how they interact with women they're not always thinking with their little heads they really I'm, I'm sure there are men who do but I would say the majority of men you know respect women respect the boundaries understand you know this 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 dynamic and 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 live within those rules and I think you know when when we stop making men out to be these Neanderthals I think that there's going to be a lot healthier dynamics within relationships yeah I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I know. But I, I do. But the one the one point I wanted to make just before we stopped, Steve, sure. is that, you know, I do think that sometimes we, if we do get a, a friend of the opposite sex, uh, especially when we're in our long-term relationship, we have to just make sure that they're not being, they're not used as a substitute to f- fill in the gaps mm. for what's going on, maybe not going on in our relationship. So, I mean, there we do have to make sure that th- there is those boundaries. You know, there's so many boundaries that we're talking about, but I do, <laughs> but I do think that it's easy for that dynamic to happen for the for an opposite sex friend. Yeah, you're right, and that was one of the things. Again, this um, this study talked about attraction, but it didn't specify physical attraction, emotional attraction, and those are two completely different things. Um, and that's you know maybe that's a different topic altogether it is um, a different topic steve and, and we can do we could do another episode on boundaries we could do, <laughs> so uh yeah so there's there's like you said this is a very complicated convoluted uh subject uh but i think um I, I do appreciate this study because it did shine light on, you know, kind of the way that men men's brains and women's brains worked. Um, but I, you know, I, I guess my whole thing about this issue was uh, the the question of can men and women be friends uh, if they're of the opposite sex? Uh, I obvious the, the the answer to that question is obviously yes because they do it all the time every day in all sorts of environments without ever you know cheating and all the other stuff that goes along with it but it's an individual thing in terms of how friendly that that can be and you know what activities can uh, be involved in the level of flirtation and all the other stuff so yeah no no i just no i'm just saying it's really complicated and and, and you know the thing yeah, yeah i just think it's too much too too many thing dynamics to discuss in just one little podcast you're absolutely right uh so uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up there trina um so uh thank you so much for your time it's always a pleasure and uh i look forward to doing this again soon Thanks, Steve. Uh, so I want to remind everybody, you have been listening to Dr. Trina Reed, who has a doctorate in human sexuality. Uh, she is also an international speaker and offers um, and uh, has a team uh, working for her now that offers just a lot of really great information on bestsextipsever.com. And uh, she is also the author of Till Sex Do Us Part. Uh, and she has a new website about to launch. Um, VivaXO.com. I'm so excited for that to come out. Uh, and Trina, you're, what, what's your handle again on Twitter? Is it at Dr. Trina Reed? 
Yeah, at Dr. Trina Reed. Okay, so Trina is on Twitter at Dr. Trina Reed. You can find her on Facebook. Uh, I am on Twitter at Hitched Media. Of course, you can find past episodes on our website. Uh, Trina has lots of really fantastic articles up there. Uh, she has her own um, expert page that lists them all nicely there for you. Um, really great stuff. And then the last thing before we go here, I just want to bring up, we just launched, um, you know, as you know, we have have our wine club it's been up for a couple months now we just launched a new club called the happily ever after wine club it is um it's pretty awesome right just in time for the holidays six bottles uh and you can subscribe um, or sign up for it monthly bi-monthly or quarterly uh so if you you know you only drink it in on special occasions or something uh you can now have we have a wine club just for you just for that uh and it's over 50 percent off for the launch uh, of this and um you can also gift it too that's another thing that we just added so uh check that out there's a link on our homepage, and um i think you will enjoy it so that's gonna do it so thanks one last time trina Thank you, Steve. Okay, take care, everybody. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian, I did it! They certainly got the idea. They feel free to express love. It's worth all those awful frank discussions at the dining room table. Hitched. Entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.